Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. You're living a jet, a Jeff, a jet <laughs> lifestyle. I literally, literally just came in. I literally just came in uh, from uh, Tampa, where I had a great weekend. Except, except for the games that I went to see. <laughs> I saw the Lightning on Saturday night. Is that is it preseason Tampa or Bay? Is it no, no, they're, they're okay. doing it. They're doing it. They played the Toronto Maple Leafs and they lost. Okay. So the first uh, in the first ninety seconds, the Leafs scored, uh. but then in the next five minutes. The Lightning scored three times. Oh. It was insane to be middle of the first period and have a three-to-one scoreline. That scoreline remained until the last five minutes of the third period, no. where the Leafs scored two more and tied it, and then quickly dispatched the Lightning Stop. in overtime. Wow! Actually, I did not. You did watch soccer growing up a little bit, mm-hmm. or um, um, hockey? hockey? Yeah, I did not. Going to a live hockey match game. It's awesome. It's one of the funnest, yeah, of, yep. of the major sports. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a, it's a fantastic thing. So that was tragic to see them lose. Tragic, and then, is, tragic is a pretty strong word. Well, it was tragic. All right. Uh, and then the What Bucks, was the Hindenburg, if that was tragic? Um, a catastrophe. Okay. okay. Right, okay. <laughs> Wasn't that what they yelled? Okay, I don't know. Oh, my oh, mother's... The humanity oh, the humanity. Yeah. My mother's vanity. Um, the uh, And then I saw the Buccaneers. Okay. Our, our lovely Buccaneers uh, played... Lost sixteen to thirteen. My uh, my f- my fan fave Baker Mayfield did not do well uh, that day. Yes, the he defense did not. kept bringing him in, and the offense kept giving it back. Oh, that's too bad. It is too bad, Bob. I don't think I've ever been dis- as disappointed with my friars that I live with that I vowed my life to would as you, I was this weekend. Would you say it's tragic? No, it's much. It's stronger than catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean. I walk out, so I had some work that I needed to do last night and kind of got done at around 9.30 mm. and was thinking, you know, I'm going to go watch some baseball. I mean, there was baseball game, there was right. Sunday night football. There's playoffs, just, right? Yeah, just yeah. spend some time we'll get with to the that, boys, of course. Don't get too anxious. with the brothers, you know? Yeah, right. Friends, uh, family. Right. That's what right. Sundays are about. Vowed religious, our life together. Sports. Community, brotherhood. What were they doing? I don't know. I walk out there. There was nobody. The lights were off at 9.30. Nobody. I watched the end, actually. It was a really good baseball. The this, uh, playoff series has been great. Yeah. So the end of the Rangers and the uh, Astros game, watched it. Uh, it was a great game. Mm-hmm. Ninth inning, Astros, <laughs> they blow it by giving up a Grand Slam home run, which, which generally in the ninth inning is, is a not, bad thing is to not do. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, wow. But all the friars, I don't know. I probably praying or something like that. I don't know. What's don't the know. average age of the friars in our in, house? In the friary, yeah. Eighty-three. No, no, no. I would say I'm one of the older <laughs> friars. I would say. Are you really? Yeah. Forty-five, maybe. Okay. Forty. Yeah. Maybe forty. Actually, they have no reason to not be awake. Exactly. Yeah. My point. I told the friars after morning prayer this morning. I said I have never been so disappointed in you. <laughs> they were like. What are you talking so about? So the the uh, Astros beat no lost to the yeah, Texans. Yeah, so, is that yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, to the Rangers. Uh, game seven is tonight in that in that series. So whoever wins will be going to the World Series. And mm-hmm. then game six in the Diamondbacks and the Phillies is tonight in Philadelphia. So if Philadelphia wins, they go to the series. Okay. Uh, if the Diamondbacks win, they go to a game seven tomorrow night. Got it. Shout out to Philadelphia who. Um, are also doing exceptionally well in football. Yes. They beat the Dolphins soundly. Yeah, it was close, uh, close until the second half. And, and then, then they, they just, just took pulled off. away. So they're they're having a great football year. They're having a great basketball uh, baseball year, and that will be balanced by their 
horrible hockey and basketball. basketball. Okay, I have a year. question. Did you follow the um, Browns game? Apparently, at the end of the game, there were some just terrible, terrible calls. Oh, no. I, and I didn't follow it other than tears were just streaming down Father Denny's eyes. I mean, mm. just poor guy. But they won, didn't they? They, uh, they did. But even he, who loves the Browns, says, honestly, Dave, it was bad calls. They, they should not have got oh, it in wow. the end. So and the, Deshaun Watson left early. And did. so, again, it was he the did. backup guy yeah. that came back and won it for him. So the big question is, is should they take a look at the referees that when there's a blatantly bad call, not just a fumble or something like that that says, okay, you just blew that, that somebody should be able to intervene and say, what if um, we put shot callers on all referees? Okay. And okay, just, I see where you're going. Because that's a good way to train people or, or animals at least. All right. You see, well, okay. Maybe though, that's it. Though a shout out to anybody who's a referee because, man, no, so what hard. a yeah. horrible. I mean, the only thing you, worse would be a university president. <laughs> Fair enough. You should just do you, have, do you have like a black and white striped habit? Yeah, I think I that should, would be the, the perfect combo of everything. But gosh, these, these are guys, you can't do anything right. You can only no. do something wrong. I well, mean, if, like you do every, I said, if you do everything right, like said, actually, you go... There's a lot of similar well, things between their job and my that, job. That's supposed to happen. <laughs> but if something goes wrong, it's like, well, it's the Well, it's the there was this ball. interesting thing, and this may be a little bit too much in the weeds for baseball. Uh, if I, I can't imagine, like, everyone's not on the edge of their seat no. waiting for more discussion on this. Yeah. But we're in the, the game... The 30-second forward button is to the right of the play yeah, yeah, sign, by the way, everybody. Or you could do it, like, triple time and just go... <laughs> 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 All right, so we'll we've sound got, like Father Mike uh, Schmitz. We've got game... Five in the between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, a guy gets nailed. No, actually, it was the other game. It was the Rangers and the Astros. Thanks for clarifying that. We a, cared. A, a pitcher hits the batter with the ball. Okay. And I mean, it, the the batter had hit a home run the previous time at bat. It looked like it was totally intentional, but the circumstances of the game said you would never do this. It, right. This, I mean, it was a close game. Why would you automatically put a guy on base near the end of the game? Well, they threw the pitcher out. Hmm. Then the then the bench is clear. There's this pushing. Uh, no, no real fighting. But it's it baseball. Good. They're not athletes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? They're not going to hit each. Actually, hand, hand you, slaps. You can see some cool things. <laughs> yeah. But um, so that this was the big debate on whether or not the guy should have been thrown out of the game, which he was. Both of them were actually. So it was it was edge of the seat. Actually, this has been a phenomenal series. Do they take a look at like how their face looks before they throw the pitch? Like well, if they had like an happen. angry it face. It didn't help that the catcher held up a sign with an arrow at the batter, you know, <laughs> he, right he had, here. He had a towel on his uh, belt that said, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the baseball player's number. So, um, so yeah, baseball's going uh, down. It, that's actually nice that they're going to a game six and a game seven yep. because it started with... Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, both teams like winning the sweeps. first two. Yep. And so now we're actually getting to some really good com- interesting, uh, competition. Houston, I don't... I don't believe Houston. Houston has a losing record at home, and I don't think they've won in the NLS in the um, championship series at home. I think all their games that they won on the road. Who were, who was in this in the World Series last year? Astros and the Phillies. So some people want a rematch of that. Okay, and, and, that's, and, and who that's won the Astros? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe There's we'll maybe we'll get that rematch. And we've got rugby champ world championships coming up. Uh, the quarter fi- or semifinals are this week. The finals are next week. You'll be on the edge of the seat. We'll keep you on that, folks. Don't yeah. you worry. Yeah, League yeah. of Nations yeah, yeah, and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. World yeah. Cup. Whatever. Yeah. Um, NBA kicks off this weekend. Who do you got? Oh my gosh, who do you got for uh, the finals? The finals is going to. Um, we'll bring this clip back. Right. The Celtics and the Lakers. <laughs> okay, this isn't like 1982. Um, I don't even know if that was 1982. I think I think your Nuggets 
There's no reason to say that the Nuggets won't be back to the finals. They're still dominant. That's the in, official in, position in of, the this, West. of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, there's other teams, but they all seem to fall over each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Warriors are getting old. The Lakers are getting old. Um, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, the Lakers could. We could see a, a, a very strong Lakers-Nuggets in the West uh, competition, like we did this year, except yeah, it wasn't yeah, very strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the East, I'm thinking, I think you're right, Celtics or uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. Milwaukee Bucks uh, picked up Damian Lillard, who was the superstar from Portland, and um, who got that kid from France? Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, okay. uh, Victor Wembanyama, and he's yeah. going to be a fun guy to watch. But you know, when you get the best guy, it means you were the worst team. It's unlikely he. It's unlikely he'll be able to turn the Spurs around. But you know, in one year, Coach P. You know. Uh, Popchak is really, really good. Uh, so we'll just have to see where it goes. I think the Cavs are a good sleeper team. Uh, they had a great regular season last year. They didn't do well in the playoffs. Speaking but I have, of sleeper. I have confidence in them. Why are you so evil? You know, when you talked about rugby, I was nothing but positive. <laughs> in, and in nobody it. cared. Like, no human being <laughs> That's not true. cared about Tim, that. Tim Delaney, Who doesn't even Tim, listen to Tim, this show. Tim Delaney cares. He doesn't And let he me just say, I spent like eight seconds on rugby. Eight seconds too much. It's a little. It's a little early for much conversation <laughs> about the NBA. Um, speaking of things that we care about, uh, we did get one email person suggesting your spirit animal. Okay. Uh, the bald eagle. Oh, nice! I like it. I like that. Yeah, it's Was mi- it somebody it's in my majestic. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> so. That's a lot. But uh, you can still shoot us an email at hope at franciscan.edu. Sometimes people take a little bit of time to listen to yep, these. Yep. I think Tim Delaney still. Yeah, he's still he's listened still about two years ago. Through, yeah. Um, wait, and, wait, uh, there's, there's a pandemic going on? <laughs> Thanks, Tim. I don't have to go to work today. That's fantastic. She suggests I would be Deacon Boo Boo Bear. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I like it. But thanks, Virginia, for that. So I literally walked in um, to the studio from the airplane, and not that we usually prep these podcasts. No, we do, but... We usually text back and forth. I actually got here before you did, so that that's, says something. That's and a miracle. I, and I may be ending, leaving before <laughs> you because I, it was it was really tight this morning. But I right. leave I leave for um, Austria for Gaming tomorrow morning, so we had to get this in because we can't do it later today or tomorrow. So right, that's great. That's that's going to be a fun trip. Is that just to see students? This is like an annual. Do you do it every semester? I do. I do. I visit the students every semester. But Gaming also has its own board, so oh. we always hold our board meeting uh, at this first last weekend of. October first okay. weekend of November. Yep, so I'll be there for that. Okay, that's it's very... a quick trick. I'll leave, get there on Wednesday and back on Monday. Okay. <laughs> well, then we'll figure out when we can podcast yep. Yep. Uh, for the for the next time around. Yep. Um, yeah, but my trip to Tampa was wonderful. I went with my daughters and my Good. wife, Good. so it was a girls' trip, and uh, it's just fun to be with family. I love the fall too. It's nice to escape the fall in Florida, but coming back, seeing the leaves change, it's beautiful. It's a great time of year, and beautiful. we're supposed to have a nice warm week. Yeah, yeah. My son was honored this weekend at Franciscan mm-hmm. Soccer. It was senior night, uh, but he was the only senior, so they just called it Colby Night. Colby Night. And um, our Franciscan Soccer team is doing very well. Yeah. Everyone's going into playoffs. It's yep. an exciting time of year yep. uh, for all those various uh, sundry sports and whatnots. And if there's not anything about Franciscan, we'll just go to our promo. Let's do it. Oh. November 2nd is All Souls Day, and it's the day when we remember the faithful departed. At Franciscan University, we'd like to join you in praying for the souls of your deceased family and friends. 
You can visit franciscan.edu slash allsouls to share the names of your loved ones with us, and they will be remembered in our prayers. That's franciscan.edu slash allsouls. You're also invited to join us next week either on campus in Christ the King Chapel or via live stream for our All Souls Day Mass. The Mass begins at noon Eastern Time. You can view the live stream chapel at franciscan.edu slash live. And may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Rest in peace. Amen. Amen. In university. So that's franciscan.edu slash all souls, which I assume are just one word. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things that has happened uh, here is obviously with everything that's been going on in the Holy Land in Israel and and in Gaza, there's been really tragically some uh, lots of protests on college campuses, yeah. and you know, I mean, just horrible things. Anti-Israel about... protests. I mean, obviously, protesting against terrorism is always a happy thing, but yeah. you know, very um, anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic yeah, yeah. Uh, protests that Did have occurred on campus. It, it didn't actually. Thank the Lord. I mean, not that it matters where it happens, I suppose. But in in um, this, uh, Lisbon, not Lisbon, uh, Sydney, Australia. Hmm. They were literally chanting, gas the Jews, gas the Jews. Oh. I mean, it's just, I, the, the news showed this. It was like, this is just horrible. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. So the university, um, you're aware, obviously, that we, we invited if students, Jewish students, didn't feel comfortable or safe, that they would be able to uh, expedite a transfer to the, uni- to, uh, to the university. To Franciscan, right? Yeah, right. So it's it's been interesting. It's, it's actually got quite a bit of media. Um, people were... Inside Higher Education did a piece on it. Um, the, I interviewed with a woman on Thursday, I believe, and she had all kinds of really interesting questions. Okay. Like, like, A, why are you doing this? And, then, <laughs> and she said, um, like, you're a really Catholic. She goes, I don't know a lot about Franciscan University, but that's a, like a really Catholic university. Yeah. Uh, and she said, isn't there going to be a conflict in that? And I said, actually quite the opposite, that we think that because we're a very Catholic university, that we need to do something, that we need to provide this opportunity. I love what Steve Hildebrand said. Dr. Hildebrand's our vice president of academic affairs. And he said, the reality is, is the church has not always got this right. Hmm. You know, we have a checkered history. Truth be told, I mean, to be very honest, the church has a checkered history on, on how we have handled a relationship with our Jewish brothers and sisters. So we, we felt if this is a, just a little way that we could do something and, you know, people... Uh, have been interested by it. We so far we've not had any students that have reached out to us okay. and and took us up on the offer. But a lot of media. I was on Fox Fox and Friends. I oh, guess, okay. On Saturday morning, uh, six fifty. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Six fifty in the morning. Uh, yeah. Prime. Huge, prime time. Huge. Prime time. Huge for Fox and Friends. Watching that. Yeah. Um, but it's just been in in it really an interesting conversation. But again, the the woman from um. Inside higher education, she says, I need to ask a couple of questions. I said, sure. And she said, um, is this about evangelizing them? Hmm. And it was interesting because it, I, it really, I, when I responded, I said, honestly, that, that did not cross my mind. That, right. that is not what was motivating us. And she goes, it was just something that we were wondering if this was primarily a way that you could evangelize. Like a, like a sneaky way. Yeah, yeah. And she wasn't being mean. I mean, she yeah. actually, her, the, the woman who did this interview, I thought she did. I've done lots of interviews. And she just did a really, really good job. 
And then the other was the question of would they be forced to take Catholic theology courses? <laughs> you know, it's like, what's really going on here, right? But I mean, reasonable questions, I think. Right. Like, like the one of the, they talked to an individual, I'm not sure, maybe he was from Villanova, I'm not sure. And they said, you know, we think their administrators, no, I don't think it was, it, it doesn't matter where it's from. We think their heart was in the right place. We just don't think it's very practical. Okay. And and, and I mean, we we readily admit that, you know, people were asking us, do we have a kosher kitchen? No, yeah. you know the closest synagogue uh, where they'd go to worship is Pittsburgh, which is forty-five minutes away. So, right. you know, there's there is a lot to it that you know if somebody takes us up, we'll, we'll figure it out. But I've really been touched and impressed with the people's response and the encouragement. So it's just it was something that was interesting that was taking place on campus. One of the more practical things that we offered, which I thought was great, was um, you know we have an entire bachelor's degree online that students can mm-hmm. take, and so. The, you know, what I liked in that press part, and I think uh, Steve Hildebrandt talked about this, was, you know, we'll find a way to get you midstream into our online classes and just make it work. I mean, obviously, that's not something you'd normally be able to do is I'm going to transfer to a school in the middle of a semester and expect to get course credit. But we're willing to just make that work. And for anybody who's feeling really persecuted, they, they probably want to go home. Right, and that's <laughs> you know? exactly, and that's like, exactly you know, that's, what we that's felt That's where too. they want to be. They don't want to go to a whole nother environment, and especially when that's not strongly it's Jewish. Yeah, it's very foreign. So I thought them. the most practical gift that we were saying was, go home, we take our classes, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out, we'll get you through. And the other, you know? thing, the other thing that we, we wanted to do is, A, obviously to let them know that we as a university have been praying for the whole situation and we've had two days of fasting and just prayer. And But then also encouraging other schools that may be in an area that has a larger Jewish population that perhaps they could offer that same. Right. I think what, what you're going to find is where students want to leave, they'll just probably go home and, and yep. then take classes online with the school that they're from. I mean, they chose that school for a reason, for a purpose. But yeah. it's interesting, even at Car- Carnegie Mellon and University of Pittsburgh last Friday, they had a... The, Pittsburgh newspaper had a big article about the threats and uh, violence and stuff that the Jewish brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh have, have experienced. So and this is obviously coming up this week is the Philos Conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the timing of it all has been really interesting, the uh, relationship, Christian-Jewish relationship, and then the anniversary of the Tree of Life shooting, where right. I believe 11, 11 people were killed uh, five years ago this week. So we continue to pray for that situation and just ask the Lord's peace and blessing to be upon him. Yeah, and uh, you know, just to say it out loud, you can have some political differences about, you know, what's happening in, you know, Israel and the Middle East, but we're just, we're praying for peace. Uh, we're, we're praying for freedom for those that are held in captivity. I mean, the stories are just, uh, just so scary. And, you know, war always takes its aggression out on the innocents. Yeah, it's, and really, so. it's really interesting. One of the pieces I watched was that Hamas has built tunnels all through Gaza. Hmm. Gaza's not a terribly huge place. And they built tunnels in there and they built them you know, under buildings, under schools, under hospitals. And if they, in fact, go looking for, I I don't know how this is all going to work out for the hostages. I mean, they're going to have to go into these tunnels. It's just, yeah, it's just going to be a mess. And and yeah, yeah, we continue to pray. And there's not easy answers. Anyone who says that there's an easy answer, I don't think that's honest. Um, But it's just, it's complicated. We need to continue to pray for that. Yeah. But violence and war is not the answer. At least that's, that's one obvious thing. Do you know, I'm a knight of the Holy Sepulcher. Are you? I am. Do you dress up like that? Um, I haven't had enough opportunities to. We, we, we'll look for those. I get so with um, as a knight of the Holy Sepulcher, I get a very nice cope. Yeah, and a barrette. Yeah, the um, um, uh, 
the archbishop who has just made a cardinal of Jerusalem. He's mm -hmm. actually a friar. He okay. said beautifully, you probably read that, speaking to Hamas, he said, uh, he said, trade my life for the children that you have. Yeah, uh, yeah that was held hostage. I mean, that's really... That's what it's about. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's about. Some yeah, some heroes so, do wear capes. <laughs> or copes. Yep. Um, but uh, Knights of Holy Sepulchre, their whole mission is actually to support Christians in the Holy Land. And so um, Christians have been slowly, slowly, and then somewhat quickly getting removed from the Holy Land. Unfortunately, with the battle between, um, you know, these various groups, they're underfoot, really. And I think... Something is like 1940, like there was 40% Christians in the Holy Land, and now there's two, oh, yeah, two percent yeah. of it. And <clears throat> so those that are raised in that already have difficult situations, and then this is making it even that much more unbearable. Mm -hmm. So we pray for everybody, of course, to be sure, but also just that Christians stay. This would be a another compelling reason yeah, to yeah. to get out of there, you know, with all the violence and the danger mm -hmm. that's there. So. Mm -hmm. Let's just, uh, we will keep that in prayer. Another thing to keep in prayer, and is, I'm only saying this because I was talking to my teenage daughters about this, was uh, Ukraine. And it doesn't get a lot of yeah, no, media attention, kind of sadly. News, yeah. Sadly, we get, you know, media, news can often be entertainment. People seem to get bored with that storyline, so they move on. I was mentioning to my daughters as we were praying that we want to pray for those in the Holy Land and pray for Ukraine. And <laughs> one of my daughter's reactions was, is that... Is that, is that still, still a thing? Still going on? It's yeah. like, it is still going on. It yeah. is still going on. So, um, and then there's all those other places in the world that we don't even know yeah, about. Yeah, so, um, but Jesus does, and he Amen. carries all Amen. these. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and we can't figure out a speaker of the house, but that's for another day for another story. <laughs> um, and we will vote. So we've got our elections coming up. So maybe next week we can talk a little bit about option uh, issue one right. in, in the state of Ohio. So yeah, we can talk about that next week. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you want to talk a little bit about the Senate? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. One of the things that was interesting was uh, the German bishop, uh, or I forget his name, I can find it right here, had a press conference. Okay. Uh, and let's just say that some of the things that he said... If anybody's, <laughs> what I'm about to say is not good, but if anybody is anxious about the Synod, it's because of comments like this yes. particular bishop has made. It's a bishop of, bishop of Essen, it looks like, uh, Franz Joseph Overbeck of Essen. Okay. <clears throat> One of the things he said, and it's just, they're, they're talking about what's going on in, in Germany. One of the challenges, and he's right, is that the church needs to be able to read the signs of the time. And that's that's an imperative, right? That mm. that there's something to the prophetic voice of the church, uh, to be able to take a look at what's going on in culture, to read the signs of the times. Paul said the spirit of the age. So that's that's an imperative of the church. And, <coughs> excuse me. Second Vatican Council spoke of that a, a great deal. So he's saying that, you know, the signs of the times were in a post-Christian world. Um, and so there's, you know, there's... Uh, the whole situation with should gay marriages be blessed, the whole transgender ideologies and all these kinds of things. And then, and this is a quote, and it just, it bothered me a little bit, and I would like uh, your thoughts on this. Oh, okay. He says, uh, this was this was right. He says, um, uniquely post-secular uh, culture that we live in, German culture that he says, have no idea about transcendence and about the Church of Jesus. This changes the entire framework for the questions we are carrying out, says Overbeck, adding that if the Catholic Church teaching is in contradiction with the signs of the time, then nobody is going to be convinced by the church's guidance. Yikes. Yeah. So, um, so we, we are people of hope <laughs> and, and our hope is that, that that voice is not. Say, and, that, and, say that again. We just well, quote it, that again. Cause I think that, um, is a sad 
commentary, but, you know, many people think of it this yeah, way. He says that it changes the entire framework when questions we are carrying out, says Overbeck. He says, if Catholic teaching is in contradiction with the signs of the times, then nobody is going to be convinced by the church's teaching. And then his conclusion is, is that we need to reevaluate the church's teaching and whether or not they're in line with the signs right. of the times. Right. And, and that's where, that's obviously where, where we speak about a prophetic voice, is that it's not the job of the church to say, oh, gee, the culture doesn't believe this anymore. Well, tell us what we should believe, and we're yeah. going to be able to figure this out. And yeah. this is really, I mean, if that's what, what Over, Bishop Overbeck is saying, is that because the signs of the times have changed, because they're so cultural, because they're so void of God, then we need to be able to present something that's palatable to them. I mean, that's... It's nonsense. That's nonsense. It's, it's absolutely absolute the, the, nonsense. The church is, again, that she stands in contradiction to much of the world. That's not to say that we don't engage the world. We don't dialogue right. with the world. We don't, I mean, the incarnation, the reality of the incarnation is God enters the messiness of our world. But he changes the world, right? Yes. The world isn't the one who's going to change us. So comments, now again, Overbeck would be... Probably of one of the most liberal voices there. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and not, it's not fair to say universally, but largely in the largest population of people there just say this is not where the church is going. And, and even, even Pope right. Francis has come against the Synodal Way in Germany saying this is not helpful. Right. We what you're doing is not helpful. We are not changing doctrine. Right. We're trying to have dialogue. But right. I think, yeah, the kinds of things that he's saying are the very um, knee-jerk reactions we might have towards any kind of engagement of the world, you know, it, it's easy to have a bunker mentality when it comes to the faith and to just say, let's all, you know, hide together, hunker down, you know, lock the gates and, right. and keep our own pure, you know, expression of, of faith that's there. And I think that's the, that's the reaction of fear. The reaction of faith is to be able to go out confident in the power of the gospel, confident in the power of the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The, the church will break through the gates of hell to save souls. And so we do need to engage the world because, you know, like the incarnation was God coming among us and living among us to save us, we're not saying you need to, you know, we're saying Emmanuel, God is in our midst. God is present, mm -hmm. God is here, and he is here for you. But that being said, you know, we talk about this a lot in um, when we when we train catechists in our catechetics major and also in our, our master's degree. The two fundamental differences of the way that at least in the United States we've approached catechetics. One would say, and this is more along his lines, that there are some voices that would say, well, let's begin with their experience. Let's begin with what they know. How have they experienced God? And then from there, we will draw... Um, you know, the Christian faith out mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. Well, now, if they've had a positive religious experience that could potentially... There might be a, there might be a, there might be a way that. to do that. But, you know, if you haven't, or let's say you've had a horrible relationship with your father, and now from that, let's talk about God our Father. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't like him either, right? The other thing is to say God reveals uh, himself to us, reveals the truth to us, but that's not apart from our experience. If anything, that shines a light on our experience, I can now, now I can now see my experience in a new way. I think of that in my own experiences, but also when I you know do ministry with young people. When I go on retreat with them or a student book conference, mm -hmm. one of the most common expressions they get I hear is something along the lines of, "Wow, I see things in a whole new way now." Like mm -hmm. the light of the gospel changed my perspective of what I saw, right? on what I saw, as opposed to what people like that are suggesting. 
the light of experience should change changes right, right. our perspective on the way we see right. the gospel. Right, right. And that is not to say that we, I mean, it's, and I, and I actually, I think to give uh, Pope, Fran, Pope Francis, he desires to dialogue yes. right, with that population. He, that voice needs to be heard. It needs to be discussed. It needs, especially the prevalence, how prevalent it is. But with that being said, the, the church and, and John Paul and Benedict both yeah. said that we have got to be able, I loved how uh, Benedict said, we need to speak of a new orthodoxy, not in a new orthodoxy, new teaching, but a new way that we articulate that, that engages the people and helps them understand the beauty and the goodness that is in the teachings of the church. Yeah. The other part is fundamentally true, and that is some people will, will walk away from that. Right. You know, that, that this idea that the church isn't going to ask anything difficult or the church isn't at times going to say things that people are going to say, well, I can't accept that. Okay. Like I, I actually preached yesterday this, this idea of a welcoming church. We all want a welcoming church, right? But it's going to cost us everything. Mm. You know, it's every you, it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost me everything. So this idea of a welcoming church that, that isn't going to ask anything of it. It's the rich young man who says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Okay. What you need to do is you need to uh, follow me and give up everything and give it to the poor. Well, he wasn't willing to do that. And Jesus didn't say, oh, wait, wait, wait let's talk. Okay, well, like, what can you do, right? <laughs> yeah, so, right. So this, it, it's... He knew what that young man yeah, needed right, right, to give right, up right. in order it, to, it, to... He was answering the question. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, the, and that's the case, I think, that there's a population that says, you know, I need to be welcome and I can do whatever I want or believe whatever I want. And and that just isn't fundamentally true. I mean, we're all welcome, but we're all welcome to enter into the church and and die to ourselves and seek to be changed and seek to be converted. This idea of, I just want to be uh, seen and welcomed, okay, fine. But that doesn't mean that conversion isn't demanded of us. Right. I mean, you, I mean, you and I, we, we're both invited, yes, but the Lord in the gospel, like you said, the Lord, the light of the gospel is going to change me. I'm not going to change it. And it's, I think it's one of the things the Holy Father said of the German bishops. He said, that's elitist <laughs> to think that just because you have this idea that everybody else needs to come into that, that's just elitist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, Jesus revealed himself through the Catholic Church, not for customer satisfaction, but yeah, for yeah, conversion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He himself was Continues crucified. To reveal himself. And, uh, you know, struggled. And it says anybody who's following, it's about suffering. It's not about having the coincidence of finding a, a church that happens to agree with what you already agreed with, but it's a challenge. Yeah. You know, it's a challenge for conversion and a, and a new way of life that we wouldn't be living were it not for the grace and the gospel that's revealed to us right. through Jesus. Right. I mean, again, that the idea of come as you are, absolutely come as you are and allow the Lord to change you. There's a phrase in a young life that they often talk about in relational ministry, which is you have to earn the right to be heard, yeah. but they have a follow-up phrase, which is then, but then you have to say something worth hearing yeah, because it's, it's not it's not enough just to earn the right to be heard. And I think that's part of the listening part. Like we do as a church need to earn the right to be heard, give people dignity, not just knee jerk react against things that we find unpalatable or uncomfortable. We want to hear from the other person and particularly the dignity of that person. Mm -hmm. And then that's an opportunity to have the dialogue, to mm -hmm. share, to see, to see where that conversation goes. It doesn't mean we change teaching. No. It might mean that we can articulate it better or we can find, you know, the, the, the word of God that lies hidden in our society right. among the people that have these issues. Amen. I have to go. Lord, yeah. I ask you to bless our time together. We thank you for your faithfulness and Lord bless and bring peace in all the places in the United in the world that has unrest. Continue to move in our hearts. Bless those who are part of the synod. 
Lord Jesus, the person who's suffering most today, let them know your peace. May God bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you, Father Dave, and thank you, everybody. Uh, Please send us an email, a prayer request, especially for a loved one that might have passed away. That was uh, franciscan.edu slash all souls. And God bless you all. Bless you. I can hear you. I know. It's all good. Fly like a bald eagle to your next meeting. I love you, Bob. (laughs) I love you too.